Hi, friends. <laughs> Welcome to your Pleasure Path podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Drysdale. I am a pleasure activator and sex and relationship coach. My intention with this podcast is to bring you tools and resources for you to shift your relationship to pleasure, intimacy, sex, and beyond, because this is your unique pleasure path. Hello, I am Catherine with the Your Pleasure Path podcast, and here today we have Trisha Wise of Safe Slut on Instagram as an amazing Instagram account that's promoting herpes and STI positivity, as well as so much else. Trisha Wise, aka Safe Slut, which is a holistic esthetician, herbalist, Reiki practitioner, writer, makeup artist, and sexual health and slut advocate. With already a passion for holistic vaginal and vulva wellness care and products, she created the goddess oil for her herpes outbreaks when she was diagnosed with GHSV2 in November, 2019. Trisha then created her Instagram account, safe slut to help end shaming towards those with STIs, promote safer sex practices and sex positivity, which tips for healing and reclaiming your power and also help end stigma surrounding slut shaming. In addition to this, she wanted to share her passion for herbal potions and Reiki healing. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's like, that was a lot to say. (laughs) So like, like what led you into sort of creating this account? I know part of it was your own experience Mm -hmm. with herpes, but what made you decide to sort of put yourself on a stage to be an advocate for people? Um, So it's actually funny. I think like a couple of weeks before I got diagnosed with herpes, I was just writing, it was like whatever new moon it was. And I was writing like intentions. And I was like, I really want to work in like sexual health but I didn't really specify what. So it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for because I got herpes <laughs> a few weeks later, um, which obviously ended up being a good thing for me. But um, yeah, I feel like in addition to herpes, I've always wanted, like I've always been interested in sex, sexuality, sex positivity, all of that. So um, yeah, a main thing also for starting Safe Slut was more to help myself first. Cause I mean, I started Safe Slut a few months after I was diagnosed. So I wasn't really like doing like the best with it yet. Um, Mm -hmm. It was still kind of like unlearning that stigma. So I kind of made it honestly tell myself and like find other people in the community. Um, And then since then it's kind of taken off. I still obviously talk about herpes a lot, but it's just kind of turned into this whole like sex positive thing. So, which is really cool. Yeah, I love that. And I, I find that for a lot of people, especially like within the healing sort of professions, regardless of like what form it takes, like we often like find tools to help us heal ourselves. And then by doing Mm -hmm. that, that's what ends up like attracting other people to us. Cause it's like, okay, we're just trying to master ourselves and then, okay, how can we help other people on a similar path too? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and especially like with like the herbs and the Reiki component, um, just like stuff that's worked for me. I was like, cool, I can share this with other people. So yeah, I love that. So when you first were starting this account, like 
when you were trying to help yourself, like what, what kind of stuff were you posting at the beginning, at the inception of Safe Slut? Yeah, um, I posted like a few just kind of not like cringy. It's not just like not really like my like brand voice, but like we all have cringe stuff. moments. In yeah, it was just like stuff that like at a, the first few posts were just like love yourself kind of like just like stuff like that. Um, and then it just kind of and then I just started making memes that like I thought were funny or even if they were like kind of like self-deprecating a little bit. Um, but it was still stuff that people could relate to. And I guess like other people thought it was funny as well. So it started with like, yeah, I just started making a bunch of memes about herpes and stuff so <laughs> yeah and I love that because like if you even think about like meme culture in general the whole point is to like share something that's funny a little self-deprecating but in a way mm -hmm. that like other people can relate to and yeah in a way it almost like humanizes herpes because there's such a huge stigma around it so it's, yeah like, exactly it more approachable in a way where yeah been before Mm -hmm. And yeah, and like talking about like the the positive outcomes that I've had, but then also talking about like normalizing that it can be it can really suck sometimes. Like so, just making memes about like getting like ghosted or having an outbreak like before you have like your dick appointment and whatnot, mm -hmm. and just stuff that's relatable because like no matter like I I obviously like herpes doesn't really like affect me negatively that much anymore, but still like talking about those things because there's so many people that still deal with it and are still working through the stigma just newly getting diagnosed so it's important just to keep talking about it yeah absolutely mm -hmm. I love that and like I forget when I started following your account but like I also have herpes oh my god <laughs> love it <laughs> and, like what's crazy is like in my own herpes journey like I first had like a false positive like several years ago from like a mm -hmm. hookup that I thought we were dating exclusively. It turns out we were not. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> go get tested, and I did, and I tested positive. And this guy was like gaslighting me and refused to even get tested himself. So I ended yeah. up having seven months of taking Valtrex, thinking that I had herpes. When when I got retested, it was a false negative, and like it was a false positive. And yeah. then years later, this was towards like I think last October so about a year I started getting herpes outbreaks and I wasn't even having sex with anyone so I was like, what the fuck what the fuck well it's possible well the thing the, the thing about the blood tests is because okay so when you get tested for herpes if you have an outbreak you can get it swabbed um but if you don't have an outbreak and you just want to get tested for it you can get a blood test which is I'm assuming what you did mm -hmm. and the blood test can be so wonky and like show up mm -hmm. like positive negative and they, they can just be so weird so there's a chance you might have gotten it from that person anyways right, and it just right showed there. up negative at one random point so it, that's why it's always hard to say so you, you never can really know you, who gave it to you or when you got it essentially yeah you can have a hunch though which I do but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah could have been him yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it could have been yeah. Um, yeah that's what's so interesting too is like I know back then I didn't have any symptoms any outbreaks and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. last year started getting them every single month around my period and painful mm -hmm. painful outbreaks and no I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> still I'm like now that I take Valtrex more often like it's not as bad but like mm -hmm. tell me about like how you got into creating your like goddess oil and like how that has helped you within your own outbreaks and eliminating or I guess reducing pain yeah so um I am an esthetician so I went to aesthetic school and then in addition to that I took herbalism classes 
So I've always been interested in like body care products. So even before Safe Slut, I was making um, like herbal products and tinctures um, on a different account called Wisecraft Herbals, um, my first herbal brand. But um, so yeah, so I actually had a similar vulva or just like body oil that I made. But then once I got diagnosed, I was like looking at, I have this like herbal book and um, I was like, oh, wow, all these herbs for herpes are herbs that I already have in my kitchen that I already work with. Um, so I was like, perfect. So I, one morning just like made a herpes oil for myself and I marketed it as like a vulva oil. I didn't say like herpes when I started marketing it. Cause I was like really scared to say herpes. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, but it worked for me. And then, so once safe slot kind of became a thing, I was like, you know, I should sell my product on here. It works really well. So might as well. Love that. I love that. When, mm-hmm. when did you start making that oil? Was it towards the beginning of your own journey and how did that? Yeah. Yeah. I evolve? think I made it like a month into after I was diagnosed. So pretty, like pretty quickly. Cool. And then yeah. for anyone listening to like, what, what would you say are sort of the best things that anyone could grab that can help with um, any outbreak that they're experiencing? Yeah. So, I mean, in addition to my goddess oil, of um, course. obviously, <laughs> which we're going to link, we're going to link, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, I think just honestly, like I love just using ice. It just feels like really nice. <laughs> just like put some ice on there. That really helps. Um, taking baths. Um, honestly, most people's trigger is stress. So just like finding ways to reduce that, especially when you have an outbreak. Um, and then like your body's fighting an infection. So your immune system is probably low. So taking any like immune support herbs, like such as like elderberry. Um, I also make a lemon balm tincture, um, which you can take when you have an outbreak or just like kind of whenever, um, cause it's just, it's a great herb for dealing with stress. Um, so yeah, that's also great. Or just like, honestly, like anything with lemon balm, you can find like, I'm drinking lemon balm tea as we speak, like all about the lemon balm. Yeah. Awesome. Is how is lemon balm like lemon oil or like what's in it? No, so lemon balm separate. It's separate from like the lemon fruit. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's just it's a plant. Um, yeah, it's just a plant. It um, it's uh, what's the word? Sorry, I'm like (laughs) just kind of woke up. It's um really good for the nervous system. Um, so it helps with like stress. Um, then like helps with like immunity stuff um yeah it just it's just a plant that's amazing okay. I'm it's, just curious because yeah. I'm allergic to lemon oil so I'm like oh this sounds oh great. yeah no like, you should be well, yeah, like an yeah. allergic <laughs> nothing to do nothing to do with um nothing to do with lemons okay okay <laughs> yeah it's no. it's no um I'm trying to think of where so then how does sort of like herpes care and like managing your stress and everything how does that feed into sort of your I guess personally like your sex life like how mm-hmm. how does your experience with like outbreaks affect I guess your sex life yeah well luckily I haven't had too many outbreaks um so it hasn't really been an issue yeah no thankfully when I, when I was first diagnosed it was like constant but it was pretty much like when quarantine started so I was like obviously not sleeping with anyone so like it didn't really bother me um but yeah I, I really don't get many it's I'm my um two-year anniversary is this Friday um so yeah thank you thank you (laughs) um yeah I haven't had I've had like one or two outbreaks in 2021 so it's it hasn't affected sex really um except for one time and it was the person that I was like 
kind of like friends with benefits kind of seeing person and um he came over and I was just like we started like kind of like hooking up and I was like stopped him and I was like just you know kind of have an outbreak right now um but I was like well we can do other stuff and he was like cool thanks for telling me and then we did other stuff so cool awesome yeah yeah easy that's easy do you find that it's easy to have those conversations with um I guess existing partners or new partners like how how do you go about bringing up your herpes status yeah um one if they don't stalk me before and don't already know well yeah um, clearly you're because <laughs> if they just google me like it <laughs> comes right up yeah um but e even so like I still obviously like also say it just so like there's like a good understanding about it um but I always always start off the conversation with asking them when they were last tested because not only does it take the pressure off you for a little bit it's also just very important to hear when they were last tested because like you have no idea if they've even ever been tested, what they have, what their knowledge is of STIs or anything like that. So, um, yeah. Okay. So asking them when they've been tested, then that sort of opens the door to be like, okay, well, yeah. I actually have herpes. Like, do you, mm -hmm. do you ever explain a little bit about herpes? Yeah, I do because I do because majority of the time they have no idea, like literally like no idea they've heard of herpes, but only just like the negative like media whatever type mm -hmm. like so I'll, then i'll just be like cool so i was like i have hsv2 um i was like I'll, then i'll be like do you know what cold sores are and i'll be like okay it's basically that just like on my vulva um and then i'll be like do you know anything about that kind of see what they say and then i'll also inform them that they've probably never been tested for it because it's not on the sti panel and that's when usually they're like oh holy shit um yeah. and then it's usually asymptomatic so they most likely probably have it um and i live in new york so i'm like a lot of people here have it so i'm like it's quite possible yeah you know yeah, so i'd say yeah probably all the major cities at least in the u.s have a 100%. higher higher herpes i was yeah. living in la for years and my, my so, yeah it was like uh you it's everywhere. probably most of the people you've slept with have herpes so i'm like oh yeah okay. exactly exactly so then it, it's and then it just then they feel like a little bit more calm because they're like okay like when i tell them like kind of like some statistics about how common it is um and yeah it, it really it really hasn't been an issue obviously i've had a few rejections but like majority of the time people are so understanding and it just they're just they just didn't know so once you explain it then they're like okay cool yeah, yeah. i love that um mm -hmm. when you have experienced people who don't take it well like how how is that conversation like played out so for me it's never been i've only been ghosted after i've never been okay. someone, like no one's been like i don't like i'm not into that blah blah, blah. like yeah but it's only it's only happened twice so it's okay okay the ghosting yeah. i guess is like at least they're just like out the door <laughs> let them yeah out. and i'm like cool <laughs> yeah and then and then i'm also like is it even herpes or are they just ghosting me because i don't i mean there, what other reason could there be no yeah, i'm just kidding but like you know <laughs> you know um Threatened but yeah it's like yeah exactly but then it also just shows that like how scared they are of like having those conversations and like i don't know maybe it was intimidating for them to have someone like talk about it because no one's ever had probably had those conversations because i wasn't having conversations about mm -hmm. sexual health before so it could just yeah be overwhelming who knows who knows yeah Not my that's, <laughs> that's one thing that i'm finding within like the sexual health sexual wellness 
um, space mm-hmm. is that people who do have STIs or have experienced STIs at some point, they are more likely to be not necessarily more cautious, but like more forthcoming with information and like be willing to have those conversations versus people who have never experienced that. They sort of are like living this life in sort of, um, I don't know, disbelief. I mean, myself included, my my previous sexual past, like I wasn't using condoms most of the time. I was not safe. I had like casual, like one night stands with random people, threesomes, whatever you name it. Like I was having a dandy time. I was like, as long as I don't get (laughs) pregnant, that's fine. And then, yeah, exactly. You know, I I feel like in some ways it's not necessarily a wake up call. It's just like, oh, this is actually something that can affect myself, my health and like Mm -hmm. whatever future partner that I have. And so it's like, how can we have those conversations to not only like Mm -hmm. release the stigma, but just like be more open and honest with each other. Cause if we're willing to have those conversations, why are you allowing someone's like body part whether you're straight whatever you know penis to like be inside of you yeah Yeah, be inside of you it's like we think of like sex as such like an intimate act you're Mm -hmm. allowing someone into your body yeah exactly I always say yeah if you can't have a conversation about sexual health you probably shouldn't be fucking that person like yeah you know what I mean like and yeah I think yeah herpes was definitely a wake-up call for me as well in like various ways not only just like being more adamant about my sexual health because for me it was always like yeah, I would offer to use condoms, but then the amount of times that men have been like, it doesn't feel good, blah, blah, blah. And then I would just kind of like not know what to do in those situations. And then would just be like, okay. And then would just be like, obviously like so nervous the next day and like get tested like right away and stuff. Um, so it was definitely a wake up call for like learning how to have like boundaries in like those situations, just like communicating um, and not even just talking about sexual health. It really forces you to like, open up in a lot of ways so I just feel yeah way more comfortable having a lot of different types of conversations now Mm -hmm. so yeah no that's so Mm -hmm. good and then in terms of frequency like I know you are a self-proclaimed slut which we love we're here for so (laughs) how frequently do you personally like get tested is it like between each partner do you have like multiple fuck buddies like how does like how do you do that like in my past I probably would get tested maybe like once or twice a year and then in the last couple years it would be like after every partner um Mm -hmm. but I know especially when you're sleeping with multiple people at once it's that it doesn't always happen that way right so I feel like my rule of thumb is usually try to do like after each person but it's just you have to there's window periods for when STIs show up on a test so like um I was um I hooked up with someone like two or three weeks ago um and I um got tested like a week or so later so the only thing that would be actually showed up on that test would be gonorrhea and chlamydia and trick I believe I could be wrong there's whatever but um so it's just making sure you're giving yourself enough time like like where HIV and herpes can take up to like one to three months to show up so it's just making sure you you have those window periods. So that's why it could be good to like, if you're having multiple partners, like honestly, like once every three months. Mm-hmm. Just as a so, routine. As a routine yeah, testing. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you 
I guess you can't really implement thing with like your partners, but is that something that you discuss with the people that you're hooking up with? If they're like regular, like, oh, making sure that they're also getting regularly tested yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, usually like my thing now is, um, I feel like in the day I was a little bit more wild. Um, I'm still a slut, but I'm more of a low key slut. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I usually don't, I usually don't have more than one partner at a time at, the, at this point. Um, so it's like, if I'm sleeping with someone consistently and like, when were they last tested in like, maybe like one more while we're seeing each other kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah. And then kind of going from there. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Um, what's the most surprising thing or like fact that you've learned just about like STI testing in general? Like what was something that you wish you knew at the beginning that you do now? I mean, I just feel like the main thing that I think everyone agrees with is when you're like, I want to get tested for everything and you're not getting tested for everything. You're getting tested for, you're not getting tested for herpes. Um, HPV is also not included on just like a panel. So it, and it's like, those are the ones that like are the most common. So after learning that it's, yeah, you're like, whoa. So you just have to be having that knowledge and being able to like advocate for yourself when you're with your doctor. Cause a lot of people will get turned away when they say they want a herpes test. Um, like I get so many people messaging me that they said their doctor won't let them get tested for it. Why, um, why is that? Various reasons, just again, like the false negative, false positive, like if they don't have an active sore, um, they don't think it's like worth it. Um, or it's like, if they're not symptomatic, they don't think it's worth it to tell that to, for that person to know, cause it can be such a, um, emotional and whatever painful situation, um, which is fucked in my opinion, because if everyone knew that they had it. It, the stigma wouldn't be there because it would just be mm -hmm. absolutely so common so yeah 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 no that's a great point yeah because that's not something that's ever discussed in you know sex mm -hmm. ed growing up like we're just taught how to avoid stds not what to do yeah. when you get them <laughs> when you have will them. happen <laughs> um and that and then also with herpes just that i feel like when we were in sex ed if we even had any type of sex ed we were shown the most like absolutely insane photos of STIs which most of the time like for me when I get outbreaks like you can barely even see it um, yeah like it doesn't it's like maybe I'll have like a little bit of like redness or whatever but like majority of people won't have this like all over your vulva like sore mm -hmm. like that's just I mean some people do which I hope not too many people have that because that sounds really painful but like sounds like a lot but like yeah or just like any type of STI we were shown that like the most like severe cases and like most yeah. of the time that's just not what it looks like yeah <laughs> or that we're always contagious too yeah so and I, and I feel like they show those kinds of mm -hmm. photos as like a deterrent because most of sex ed um mm -hmm. is you know how it's taught is like <laughs> to sort of like with the subconscious like abstinence like oh these are all the bad things that happen mm -hmm. to you if you have sex and so right. they want to show the most severe stuff so that you're scared when in reality mm -hmm. that's just like that's not actually what happens like I know for me too when I first started getting outbreaks like I first thought I was like am I getting ingrown hairs like every single right. time have my period or like is it a yeast infection a UTI mm -hmm. like what's happening like it wasn't mm -hmm. so bad but I was like it's happening a lot a lot like every single month around my period like clockwork and I was like okay like <laughs> let's go yeah we need to do something about this yeah. yeah yeah I feel like since we were so scared of getting STIs that when we do get it 
we're so fearful of going to the doctor because we were like, this is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to us. So mm-hmm. we're like, let's just pretend like that ignorance is bliss. Like we don't know, whatever. But ne- like now it's like, cool. Like I know that, it, I mean, all STIs are treatable um, or manageable. So it's, there's never the end of the world, but obviously being as safe as possible is key. But if it does happen, which most of the time it will, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had experience with like a doctor that you didn't like or like wasn't nice to you with whatever your sexual health journey? Um, honestly, funnily enough, after I got herpes, I was like way more open with my doctors and talking about things. And they, so far, all of my doctors have been like really great. Even when I went to urgent care to get tested a few weeks ago, um, the guy was like, do you want a throat swab? And I was like, yes. I was like, no one's ever offered that. I didn't even that, know so that, that was a thing. Yeah, wow. that's the first time I did it because I've never been offered that and I was always too scared to ask. I've known I've known that for a while that you can have gonorrhea and chlamydia in your throat, but I've never been tested for that. So when I got, I was like, finally someone like offered it. I was like so excited about it. I was like, yes, I would love a throat swab. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so that was great. And then, um, yeah, every time I've just been, when they asked me like if, because the last few times I've been to like the guidance of they like, oh, do you have cold sores or general herpes? I'm like, yeah. And yeah, no one's like been weird about it or um, like slut shamey or anything. So that's that's great. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've been yeah. lucky that most of my gynos in the past have been um, accepting um, of mm-hmm. like my former slutty lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a reformed slut now. <laughs> I know. My thing is with slut is like, I still consider myself a slut forever and always, but you can be a oh, slut totally. with just like yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I masturbate every that. day, but do I sleep with other people? Not right now. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> I know. I feel like the pandemic changed me. I'm like, I'd rather like, be alone. <laughs> I'd rather reach for my vibrator instead. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want your energy. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. But what was interesting too, is like when I first, uh, was having these sores this last time I did go to urgent care and I think like the for me personally like I prefer having a female doctor at least gynecologist Mm -hmm. because you know they can relate more because they you know have a vulva um and so the guy that diagnosed me and did the swabs like it was a man and he was trying to like mansplain my vulva vagina and I was like what can I use to help and he was like I don't know like let me try to get a different doctor and I'm just like oh Oh, no (laughs) (laughs) I'm in pain (laughs) you're like please help (laughs) they actually gave me when I was diagnosed they gave me um a SIDS bath thing like the plastic thing that you put on your toilet so oh. I was just like walking out of my gynecologist with this like giant pla- I had to walk home which was like a half mile away which was just a giant like sits bath and was just like Oof. but I thought it was nice that they gave that to me that it I didn't even know that was what that was for like they told me to take a yeah. sits bath but I literally thought I just fill up my bathtub <laughs> 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 wait that's amazing I mean that still works though you're not wrong that's still that still counts <laughs> I love oh, so much work. That's iconic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. It still works. That still works. That still helps. Still so you're fine. No, whatever. <laughs> I just love fast. Um, yeah. What do you do when you find people who just, or maybe like 
trolls on the internet do you get a lot of trolls that are like um herpes negative and just being uh, i used to mean? i used to not i really don't get that many trolls anymore i got the last time i got trolls was when i posted about um the abortion rally um i got some some very right-wing conservative people on my account um but, yeah <laughs> but at this point like to me i used to get a lot of herpes trolls and like i used to screenshot it and just like show my friends and be like this is hilarious because like they're just so uneducated and it's like if you like look at the profiles of the people who are commenting it's just like you're really like i'm sorry like <laughs> you're not affecting my life in any way mm -hmm. um I'll, I'll just i just block them i don't even respond to them it's not worth it um sometimes there's a part of me that's like i kind of would love to like educate them and make them realize that like we're not like dirty but it, it's a lot of the time a lot of time it's not worth it yeah so just yeah i i found with trolls too it's like or just in general people in your life who have a different viewpoint to you like if they're not willing to see a different perspective they're never mm -hmm. going to so it doesn't matter what kind of information that you give to them if they're so yeah. concerned with being right it's just mm -hmm. it's not worth the energy yeah exactly i agree so then with like how do you integrate do you integrate like reiki within the stuff that you do like do you have a separate practice with like your reiki and esthetician and herbalism or do you infuse that sort of in i know it's like similar but like very different too mm -hmm. in a lot of ways yeah so i kind of mix it all together at this point um all of my products are reiki infused which means i just like charge them with my like reiki symbols and just like intention um when i'm making the product um and yeah i because of the pan so i was doing like facials and reiki before the pandemic but um i moved to new york during the pandemic so no place was hiring for like facial reiki person mm -hmm. so i'm just doing uh, like eyebrows and eyelashes on the side Ooh. um so yeah <laughs> your, your eyebrows look great i can't see your eyelashes oh thank you here, but i'm sure they look amazing <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> um so yeah so i'm not really doing much of that like in person but a, a lot of my reiki clients are find me through safe slut so it's mostly people just with like whether it's herpes or just like any type of sexual trauma that's like really what i like to focus on mm -hmm. um so it's mostly just like clients so i, I do reiki from a distance so I, i'll work from my home and send it to them remotely which sounds like very wacky when you try to explain it um and like sounds fake but it it's it's amazing. So it's cool to be able to, to heal people all around the world, you know? Yeah. I love that. Funny cool. enough. I'm also Reiki certified too. Oh I'm my like, God. Wait, <laughs> we're the same. I know. Very parallel. <laughs> I'm Reiki level I two. I'm not a master yet, but yeah, it was very interesting because I did my second, um, my second level during the pandemic and so it was all virtual mm -hmm. whereas level one was in person and i i personally found that i felt the reiki stronger when it was virtual versus in person because yeah. you know people are able to be in the comfort of their own home yourself included mm -hmm. and you have more mm -hmm. control over your surrounding and so when you're feeling right. more comfortable i feel like it also allows you to go in deeper and like receive the healing mm -hmm. more yeah totally and it just goes to show that it's like you don't because it's not like a conscious, like physical, whatever. It's kind of like a, on another, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to explain it, but it just goes to show like, you don't, it's not a physical thing. You don't need to be mm -hmm. like next to the person. Yeah. So yeah, 
I love that. And for those of you who are listening who don't know anything about Reiki, uh, Reiki is Japanese energy healing, where you essentially like channel energy from the universe to a person, place, thing, whatever. I do it on my dogs, my plants, cooking. <laughs> yeah, I do it on my food it. too all the time when I cook. <laughs> yeah. So you can do it with literally anything and everyone has access to it. But if that's something you're interested in doing, I recommend um, finding a course to learn how to do it with a certified Reiki master. But that's so good. So good. Is there anything that you would like to share with us that you feel like Mm. needs to be discussed? I feel like this is every podcast. I always say this. Um, if there's anyone like newly diagnosed or like someone who's still just like kind of like working through the stigma, you can still be a hoe. You can definitely yes. still be a hoe. You can have as much sex as you want. It literally doesn't change you. Um, yeah, you, it's all about communication now, which is what you should have been doing anyway. So yeah, disclose away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And I feel like in most relationships, like that's what everything comes down to is like trust mm-hmm. communication mm-hmm. can solve I wouldn't say every issue but most issues and if you're starting a foundation with communication and trust then that's a great foundation regardless of what your STI status is mm-hmm. for sure oh, hell yeah love it hell yeah <laughs> let's be slutty <laughs> <laughs> It's been such a pleasure having you on today. I so appreciate you um, sharing space, um, sharing sort of your story, spreading the mission of like empowering people to have a healthy and safe (laughs) sex life, Mm -hmm. regardless of their STI status. If anyone's interested in connecting with you, where do they find you um, to work with you? whether that's for Reiki, mm-hmm. by your products, or your account. Yeah, um, so you can follow me on Instagram at safe.slut, and then my website is safeslut.shop. Perfect. Yay, amazing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. This episode was recorded in October, and Trisha's account, Safe Slut, on Instagram has since been deleted at 54,000 followers a month ago, right after sharing a personal sexual assault story. Make sure to follow her on her new account at safe.slut with two T's. So that's at safe, S-A-F-E dot S-L-U-T-T on Instagram. And she's now on TikTok too at safe dot slut. So this is something that is another topic that could be an entirely a different episode on the censorship that takes place on social media, especially with sex positive accounts for sex educators, sex coaches, sex therapists, and beyond. Um, The censorship is basically like diminishing anyone that's educating in this space. And it's frustrating and diminishing that people who are educating in this space are being deleted when there's more rights around like gun use and other things that aren't helpful. Like the reason why sex is so stigmatized is because we don't talk about it. So 
that's why this podcast is here so that we can have open conversations so that we can fill in the blanks of where sex ed like left a lot (laughs) to be desired and the only way that we can ensure that we're actually able to continue to educate around sex is make sure that you get on the email list of any sex educator, anyone that is a creator in the sex positive space, make sure that you get on their email list. This is the only thing that we actually have ownership of. If we've learned anything from this experience that Trish has gone through, as many like many other sex educators have gone through, our social media account can disappear overnight. All of the years of work, the thousands and thousands of hours put into creating a platform, building a following, creating a community can disappear overnight. So if you're passionate about sex education and you're passionate about making sure that voices are heard within this space so that we can reduce and release the stigma as it relates to sex and all topics around sex, make sure to get on the email list. If you want to sign up for the Your Pleasure Path podcast email list, go to yourpleasurepath.com slash podcast to sign up for the newsletter, which will send out an email once a week with every new episode. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you.